I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service as chosen by Hulk Hogan, Randy Orton, Rob Bowron, and the U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12 stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta-ranked college football statistical model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hill's Max Meyer. This is Brian Conger. We have kind of a live audience right now. We're, we're testing new technology here as we begin going into actual football season. we got Week 0 coming up. Week 0, we'll probably talk a little bit about that UCLA game against Hawaii, and uh, we have our season win totals for the Pac-12 North. And for those that are uh, listening now and those that are tuning in, we are on Twitter Spaces right now doing a simulcast, and this is a preview for what we have coming up against uh, on week zero. We're going to do a live show at halftime. We're going to bring in Hithliday and some of our friends, talk college football, talk about the UCLA game, and then uh, this likely will be something that we'll continue doing throughout the season. So thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we will continue to bring out uh, more information about that halftime show on week zero. Shortly, I'm joined by Rob Bowen. Rob, what's going on, man? How are you? I mean, the one thing I gotta I, I gotta plug here is tune in Saturday morning or at some point Saturday on the YouTube channel or on Twitch because the uh, the Saturday six kicks off because we're kicking off football. Real football, not canceled games. Knock on wood. Uh, what do you got for your first three uh, or first six? You know, uh, uh, games coming up. Well, there's only uh, uh, there's only four games of FBS versus FBS. Well, you're just so talk, there's talk. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. So there's that's it. So there'll be <laughs> Fresno State and UConn. Um, there are Nebraska, Illinois, um, UCLA, Hawaii, and then, uh, New Mexico state and UTEP, which is a rivalry game. The battle of I-10 battle of I-10. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, four games. That means you have more time to talk about Scott Frost getting fired at Nebraska. So that'll be fun. A little extra time there, uh, to go through what he's uh, going through in terms of uh, feet on the fire and all that in Lincoln. Rob, we have, you know, so so basically we have week zero. We have the Pac-12 North win totals. Any news that you want to cover right now coming out of the Pac-12? We didn't talk about this before we hit record. Uh, I think we, did we cover last time the proposed alliance with the Pac-12, ACC, Big yeah. Ten? Yeah, we went We did. That. All right. Then I can't think of anything really new to, I mean, Charlie, Charlie Brewer's been announced at Utah. Um, who else has outstanding QB? to be named 
Arizona. Oregon State, Arizona. That'll be tomorrow Oregon by the State. time we drop. Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of um, know that it's Jebby, right? I mean, like if Sam Neuer took that yeah. spot, holy mo- or Ch- Chance Nolan, whoo, ooh, that'd be bad news. And if you're not following Arizona, it's likely Gunnar Cruz at Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, then that's it. That's about it. I don't think there's anything else really to cover. I guess Wazoo, right? Jaden Delora looks, I mean, I think it's going to be Delora. Oh yeah. And Colorado, Colorado's got, I mean, Colorado, it's, it's, uh, who's the guy? I mean, they're, they're Brendan young Lewis. guy. that's going to fill in. Yeah. Lewis is, is likely your starter there. So one thing with Brendan Lewis, before we start, I was listening to a couple of other shows like the Pac-12 Apostles that were talking about Lewis. And I came away from that show and a couple other national shows a little bit more optimistic about Lewis. When we were talking through our win totals, I was I was actually kind of high on Colorado going into the South, um, not not to like win the conference or you know light the world on fire, but just to be pretty competitive and and likely you know challenge for the fourth or third spot and probably the fourth spot. Let's not kid ourselves here, <laughs> the fourth spot in the Pac-12, and uh, and, and I kind of dropped. I, I just wasn't as optimistic about it because. Uh, I thought that Shrout was probably going to be the guy, and but it seems like Lewis, you know, he has he has some wheels. He'll be able to throw the ball hopefully to some wide receivers there. And um, the one thing that Colorado has done fairly well is develop those wide receivers under uh, uh, Chiaverini. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't show out very well for them last season. I mean, that's one of the things that this Colorado team really has to develop to go with what was a pretty good run game is they have to be able to throw the ball more effectively. Um, I don't think that. I, I mean, Neuer was not exactly a quarterback specimen, but you know, I, I don't think it was all him last season. They're going to have to advance more in the, in the passing game. And, um, I, you know, Lewis, Lewis's wheels could certainly help if, uh, if they are struggling in pass pro or if guys are not getting open. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to see what develops there because if he gives them, you know, that, that extra boost on the ground as well, I mean, that's that's what they want to do anyway, right? They want to throw to tight ends and they want to run the ball. And if you have a quarterback that stretches uh, the field from sideline to sideline, I think that could be a benefit. It might actually strengthen the offense if he's competent throwing the ball. So I'm just hoping that both of those things happen because, man, it'd be fun to have Colorado really, you know, I think last year they were a surprise, but I don't think they're going to surprise anybody this year. I think teams are going to have their head on straight. You know, it's a non-COVID year. So if they can just stay, like stay the course and stay stable, with uh, with the production they did last year, it'd be really fun to see what kind of you know damage they can do in the South. Yeah, I mean, I still think. I mean, last season they were a bit of a flash in the pan. They were a little better in their record than they were in advanced stats. And they, I mean, oddly enough, they were one of the you know the only team in the Pac-12 we got to see play two non-conference games. <laughs> so, like the majority of our the majority of our non-conference data for the Pac-12 actually comes from the Buffs last year. Um, but like anybody in the Pac-12, right? Like what we saw last year, progress-wise, was it real? You know, and, and the same goes for like the teams that sort of fell a little bit flat on their face, like Oregon's defense. Um, you know, like where where do they shake out in a more, a more normal year? And one of the things as we go into the Pac-12 uh, season win totals here, as we as we preview Hawaii and and UCLA, if you have a question. Uh, since we're doing the simulcast, like if you, I'll, I'll kind of open it up a little bit later just to test out the technology to see if it actually works. So think in your head, like as we're talking, if there's something you want to ask, I'll kind of say, hey, any questions? Let's do a question time and I'll see if I can actually get your audio into the microphone and and see if that happens. Worst case scenario is it doesn't make the, <laughs> it falls on the cutting room floor for the podcast, but we actually do get to answer your question on the actual uh, Twitter spaces. So uh, just keep that in mind. Rob, do you want to do the Pac-12 North season win totals first, or do you want to do week zero? 
Uh, let's do the win totals first and then get to the, get to the, let's get through the, let's like put a bow on the preseason and then get to the real football. You got it. You got it. And I see a lot of green here in terms of the people that are listening on Twitter spaces. So I guess we should start with the Oregon Ducks here. Um, I, uh, this, okay. So like, I guess even before we come in, we, we said there wasn't a, you know, there weren't a lot of Pac-12 teams that have a quarterback controversy. It seems like there actually might be one in Oregon, right? You know, it might just be smoke coming out of Eugene, but it seems like that five-star freshman kid they have um, kind of turned some heads in fall camp. So I still think it's going to be Anthony Brown, but uh, it would be really fascinating if uh, there's a breakthrough there and you see a true freshman start in uh, in Eugene. Yeah, I mean, that would be really interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm still leaning Brown. Um, you know, I think that he definitely, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to see the freshman get some time, you know, depending on how things are going in the season. But, uh, I, I think Brown's your guy here. Um, you know, I think that they're going to want, I, I, I think this team, they, the, the team they have and what they expect to be able to do, I think in particular with the, uh, an expected bounce back on defense, uh, I think you want to get the most out of the offense you can. Plus you have that date in Columbus on, on September 11th. And I, I don't know that I'd want to throw a true freshman into that environment. It's, well, it's pretty loud in the horseshoe. Well, with that defense, you never know, you know, it might, might be a boost to, to his confidence <laughs> with what's going on in Ohio state. Uh, but I, I hear you. One of the things too, is we did get a question the last time about, Hey, why aren't you guys talking about Jay Butterfield and Robbie Ashford? And yeah, Butterfield is a four-star commit. And so is Ashford, but um, we just have a couple friends uh, in the Oregon circle and, you know, their attention was more on Thompson and Brown, and that seems to be where it is. Um, I would love for Butterfield to transfer somewhere in the Pac-12 and keep, you know, keep everything in the family, <laughs> you know, if he doesn't get the starting job. I think Ashford has uh, some interest in baseball also. So just, you know, it's it's always good to have an embarrassment of riches at Oregon, and that certainly is what they have, Rob. This, the uh, over-under that Las Vegas set this year is at 9 and when you take a look at Oregon, I mean, the biggest questions we have were, was the the drop off on defense, was it a COVID related type of deal where you had a lot of uh, players opt out and then you had a shortened year and just, I mean, you could tell that tackling was kind of a mess at Oregon um, yet last year, but now, you know, you have another year in the system, you bring in a new defensive coordinator, you have an offense that we, th- we are big fans of Joe Moorhead. We think that he's going to be able to move that, uh, move the sticks and score with those explosive plays, which is kind of what you need to compete at the highest levels um, of football across the country. And Rob, I'm just looking at the schedule here. What did you think about nine? I mean, so beta rank has them projected at 9.36 when you add in the FCS game, you know, and the only, you know, the only game on the schedule that beta rank has them as an underdog is that visit to the horseshoe against Ohio state. They've got a 35% win probability there. You know, they're going to be a, uh, you know, beta ranks got them at about a four point underdog, which is a little closer than I think Vegas has it right now. But, you know, they're substantial favorites against Fresno State. Then you get a you know, substantial favorites against Arizona, again, Stanford. Stanford, I just I, I think that the Stanford's defense isn't going to be there. I think this Oregon defense is going to be good enough to slow down the Stanford offense. You know, and then the tough I mean, the, the games where it starts to tighten a little bit, um, you know, Cal, they should still be a touchdown favorite. UCLA close to five points, um, you know, but th- those are games where you know, it could get interesting for them. I mean, I think, you know, you will find out quite early on against Ohio state, which has, I think the best rush, you know, the, the best rushing scheme in college football. Um, we'll get to see what this Oregon defense, which really struggled with their run fit last year, if they fix that, but 
you know, where they might start running into trouble, you know, you could argue is when, is when you get Cal, a team that you, you know, you'd like to run the football with what they've got UCLA, which under chip Kelly is, is going to run the ball. But then, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the other tough game on their schedule is, is, is Washington. You know, they've got, you know, they're a three and a half point favorite on the road there. And then, you know, Utah, but I think all those games are pretty manageable. And I, I don't think it's, uh, I think getting to, to 10 wins is, is pretty doable for this team. It's going to be a tighter rope though. Of course, like they drop that game to Ohio state getting to 10 gets, you know, like, you know, they, they, they definitely lose their margin you know, there, but they're close enough with that game in Ohio state. I, I like the over here. The one thing with the nine. So I had nine total, you know, as I added these things up, which is usually not normal. Cause the way that I do this is I, I assign a wit probability and then I kind of do the math on one to 10 and I base it on the point spread that I have in my mind. So like a good example would be, uh, you know, Fresno state. Now, I just think that they're going to win that game. So I gave them a one for actually, you know, they're, they're going to take care of business. The, the game against Stony Brook, right? These these poor saps that have to get on a plane and probably take two pit stops from Long Island before they make it to Eugene with an hour bus ride. Good luck there. So I have that as a one. Um, I have Arizona. I just don't see a, a scenario where Arizona is actually going to um, come up and beat Oregon on the road. I mean, like there's just, I just don't think there's any world where that happens. So those I have ones, but like everything else I'll have between like 0.8, um, or or 0.5 like I have that Utah game as a coin flip in my mind like I know the spread's gonna favor uh, Oregon but I just really like Utah at home um, in that game so when I add all those things up it actually comes up exactly to nine with all these games so I'm trying to work backwards thinking okay what are the games that they could drop Rob when we're taking a look at um, at getting you know because there's some push insurance here if they win nine games let's say they lose two games I'm sorry, three games. Um, let's say they lose three games. You still get your money back here. So Vegas is kind of, I was surprised this wasn't nine and a half. I really thought that Vegas was going to make you kind of earn this one with Oregon. And so the games I have them possibly losing would be Ohio State. I have um, I have that game at UCLA. I have them as like a 70% you know, chance of them winning. And then I have basically coin flips at, at Washington, even though, I, I would just give the edge to Oregon against Washington. I think that Washington offense is going to be a mess. Um, and then a legit coin flip at, at Utah. Like that's, that's kind of good. That's like, that's probably the worst case scenario, right? Like, are they going to drop a game right. at home against Cal or, you know, they did lose the civil war last year against Oregon state though. No. And that's where, I mean, like this team, you know, there's, there's only a handful of games in here where if they have an off night, you know, finish, you know, minus two on turnovers, um, that they're likely to lose the game, right? Like, you know, that, that Washington game, the Utah game. Um, but you start to get like Oregon state, Washington state, Colorado. I think you can make an argument with Cal, maybe Stanford, Arizona, Fresno state, Stony Brook. I mean, those are all games that you, you know, likely barring, a you know, like an Ohio state type meltdown in Iowa city where they turned it over five times, <laughs> like you're going to win that game, you know? And so the, then it's just, you know, like, probably, you know, from a pure probability perspective, like they're going to like, you know, they're likely to go and, and only drop two games, you know, out, out of that list that, you know, we went through, right. Like they're likely to win, you know, the, you know, the, most of those, of those other five. Yeah. I mean, if they split Washington and Utah, which I think they will, like they'll probably win one of those and lose one of those. That still gives you a chance of like falling on your face and manure, you know, outside in the rain. Uh, you know, let's say they lose to Cal or they, you know, you're just still pushing. So 
I don't I don't see a lot of downside. I think the floor is pretty high for Oregon, and I would set it at eight to nine, and probably at nine. And then if they perform like they're supposed to, like you're in the money. So I think that's a fascinating uh, line for Vegas to set. And again, like one thing to keep in mind is check your books. Right. Because some like I I suffer from the worst possible gamblers uh, scenario where I'm in a state that doesn't allow gambling right above a state that does allow gambling, but not for college football. So I'm sometimes a little bit limited in the books that I'm able to use. I have one that that pays cash, which means that sometimes the lines are pretty crappy. So if you like underdogs, that's the book you want to go to is the one I'm working with. But uh, check your lines because sometimes you're going to get nine and a half. Sometimes you're going to get eight or they're just going to give you more money if you take an over under compared to some other books. So uh, make sure to shop around. Oregon, uh, Oregon State, Rob is up next here. They have a spread set at the season win total set at five and fascinating game against Purdue, right? I think Bader, what does Bader have that game to uh, against Purdue right there? They're West Lafayette. Yeah, I find this one. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, this is interesting because Bader has uh, Oregon state as a slight favorite in this game on the road, three and a half points. Uh, I know Vegas has them at a seven point underdog <laughs> there. Um, I, I'm just not, I'm not sold on this Purdue team, um, you know, to, to have that kind of confidence in them, you know, and, and beta rank has them, you know, with, with the FCS game, uh, at 5.43, uh, wins overall. So it's, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, you look through this Oregon state team, I, I do think, I mean, like, you know, covering the pac 12, so many of these teams got in so few games last year, you know, and, and what we get from these teams, but I, I just, I think the offense will be good. Um, the question for them on even potentially trying to sneak up to bowl eligibility, though, is the defense, right? I mean, the defense just has not really gotten over the hump. No, no. The defense, I think, still is going to be bad. And the loss of their defensive tackle, who had, like, heart issues and then ended up going to Michigan. Man, I, I hope he has an awesome season and a healthy season um, because I know that that was kind of a problem while he was at Oregon State. as a big dude. And, um, and I know that they filled that gap with a transfer from Minnesota, but it's still just, it's a rickety defense right now. I like their linebackers. I think there's some interesting pieces, um, on the edges, but, uh, overall, like, I think you're going to be able to run the ball in Oregon state. And so I'm curious to see what Purdue actually, do you have Purdue's, uh, what's, what's their run pass split? They're projected at 64 overall. We should have gone to this game, by the way, go to West Lafayette. Oh yeah. Boiling. So they were pretty good throwing the ball. 14 in effective pass, 120 in effective rush. Oh. Yeah, I mean that's good for Oregon State. I mean, yeah, that 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 weekend there's actually that'll be uh the weekend before. Um man, maybe I should look into driving over. Yeah, there's there's some like you know, if there's one thing that I think is going to be a benefit from whatever alliance is made between the ACC Big Ten and the Pac-12, I really do hope that there's better games like this that are that are booked. And it's kind of, you know, like, I think this game is amazing, right? It's it's a middling Pac-12 team against like a middling Big Ten team. Let's see. Let's see where the conference ranks. You know, <laughs> like I like those measuring stick games when they go out and they start playing power conferences. But I mean, I, when, when I take a look at Oregon State. I'm kind of working backwards from the way that I was looking at Oregon where when it was Oregon, I was counting what games are they, could they lose? Whereas Oregon state, yeah. I'm looking at what games could they actually win? Because when I did, right. when I did the math, I had one game that was just a straight up win and that's Idaho. Everybody else on this, on the slate, Rob, like 
it's going to, and I like the coaching staff. I think it's a solid coaching staff, but the talent isn't quite there and the defense isn't quite there. So I'm like just going down my numbers, right? Purdue, I have 0.4, Hawaii, 0.6, USC, 0.1, Washington, 0.3, Washington State, 0.4. I mean, like there's no other game that I have over a 0.6 except for Idaho, Hawaii, and, and, and that's it. (laughs) Those are the two. So when you add them all up, I get to 4.7. But my gut says four. I just, I mean, where are these wins going to come from? So I think Bader, I mean, Bader has got them projected as better than Colorado by a little, you know, 55% win probability there, 55% win probability versus Stanford. You know, and another thing to keep an eye on too, is they've had very good special teams the last two years. Does that hold up again this year? Um, But, you know, I, I think there, there's, you know, the thing to keep an eye on is with this team is they've got a bunch of games they project to be pretty close. I mean, like, you know, you don't expect them to be more than a, uh, you know, a 10 point underdog, um, you know, and in some cases maybe just about a touchdown. So the games that beta rank has them is about a touchdown underdog, you know, and that's, you know, when you're sitting there as a touchdown underdog ish, like you only have about a 25% win probability, but four of those, you should win one, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so there's, uh, you know, the, the, you know, they've got a game against USC, you know, they've got a game against Washington, um, Utah, Cal, you know, Arizona state. Those are all games there, you know, that are, that are winnable for this Oregon state team. Now I'm not going to say they're a favorite. The other team is going to have to make some mistakes, um, you know, but they should win one of those games through, you know, over the year. Washington. Yeah. Did I say Washington state? I mean, yeah. I mean, you got a handful of games there. Oregon State should pick up a W. Yeah, Washington State. The problem, though, here, Rob, is those game. A lot of the games that you mentioned. So they're at Washington State. They're at Colorado. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't. I just don't trust this team to go at altitude and beat a team that I think is going to be fairly okay. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like. I mean, I think Oregon State has been in the realm of fairly okay. You know, like, and I, I think they were last year. You know, and they, you know, I think, I think Jebby has a shot. I'm not saying he has a shot to be very, very good, but I think he could be in Luton range in in Luton's second year. I think that's pretty doable. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go through this schedule here a little bit more. So if you're on the, the Twitter spaces, if you want to ask a question, go ahead and request it. And, uh, and I can see if I can pull you up here. And again, uh, my apologies if I don't get the technology right yet, but I am working on it. Um, so if you have questions, just go ahead and uh, raise your hand. We'll try to plug you in here. In the meantime, as I'm looking through here, also Rob though, like let's talk about Stanford, right? So Stanford is going to be able to run the ball and is, is no, they're going to be able to throw the ball. Well, I think they're going to be able to run the ball too. Like, I think their offensive oh, line is. Oh no, you don't. Oh, no, you no. Don't. what are you, you talking about? They that. were fine last year running the ball. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> what? I'm going to go back and look at this. Um, no, I know, and I, I totally get you. Like, right? They're 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 going to throw the ball more, but I also think that they're going to be strong enough to be like they push. I mean, everybody pushed Washington's offensive line around last year, but like, I think they're able to get down in the dirt and start pushing the, the offensive line was better this year than it was in previous years. So I'm not, I'm not like holding on to that trope of, Oh, you know, Stanford means tough nose defense and running. Like I understand that it's a different team, but I do think that the line is better this year. I mean, sure. I mean, they, they read out at 73 in effective rush last season. I'm just yeah. not, yeah. Like, I mean, they're like, they're going to, if you want to slow down, like you, you, you slow down the run, Stanford's in trouble. I mean, the past Stanford's in trouble. 
I mean, that, that is a pretty crappy number for Stanford to run the ball. I just, I don't know. I just, when I was looking and maybe my eyes were deceiving me and stuff, but, but uh, more to the point, their defense still stinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, that, that's true. Everyone's, everyone's going to be able to put up points against Stanford. Yeah, that's true. But, but Stanford doesn't have Jamar Jefferson. Like I was pretty excited about BJ Baylor and, um, and I forget the other guy they had, they had another running back and they brought in somebody from, I think South Carolina. I don't know, man. Like that, Jamar Jefferson was a special player and Tristan Jebbia is a, is a better quarterback than anybody in my family will ever be. But I just don't, I just don't think he's that good. I, I don't know. I, um, I think it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm on the, like, I'm actually after this, I am going to go and bet the under like at five. I mean, I would be surprised if Oregon state gets to four. I think that'd be, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like five. I, I like the, I like the under here. If it was, if it was, if I have to, if I have to choose one side, that's a pretty good line for them, I think. Okay. All right. Any questions here on the on the Twitter Spaces? Anybody got questions about Oregon, Oregon State? While we do that, we're going to cut to a break, and we'll catch you right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Rob, let's get to another team that is slated to... Man, I, I I look at this season win total with Washington... And I, I know that their schedule is better than Oregon's. It's tougher than Oregon's. I'm sorry. It's easier than Oregon's, but nine, that's a lot for Washington. I nine's nine's tough for me. I mean, like Baderang's got them at, um, you know, uh, 8.9 overall, but I think Baderang's underrating Michigan, um, because they just so totally collapsed last season. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's going to be a fascinating game too. I have that as a, 30% chance of winning. And I mean, just on the road in the big house with a, yeah. well, here's a question for you. You know, I know Don Brown got fired because man, what a, just a bizarre season that Michigan had last year. What a mess that was. You know, they, they fire Brown. He goes to Arizona. Uh, who's their new defensive coordinator. Do you think that he's going to be able to, you know, field a competent defense? Because frankly, I just do not trust the Washington offense to be able to go into Ann Arbor and like, just, you know, drop 40 points on him. Uh, their new DC is Mike McDonald. And I'm trying Who to is that? where they got him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where they got <laughs> that him might from. Be a problem. Oh, you know what? I think he's an NFL guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he was referred by, um, um, uh, oh, the brother. Yeah. By Jim. Now to be fair, Don Brown was, was referred by, I think Belichick and that turned out to be really, a good decision for a number of years. So it's possible that Mike McDonald is yeah. somebody, but kind of a, an unknown, right? And, but, but the talent's there, right? If, if he can put together a, like a decent defense, man, it's just going to be really hard for Washington to go into the big house and, and just take care of business. I hope they do. That'd be big for the Pac-12. I mean, Bader, like I said, Baderang's got them probably too much of a favorite in this game because Washington and Michigan just collapsed on, on both sides of the football last year, not just on, on defense. Um, you know, and I, I, but I, it is, it is like the one, the one unit you can count on coming into this game is, is Washington's defense, right? Like, um, I think Michigan's offense and Michigan's defense have a little work to do. 
Um, they need to prove it a bit. So does Washington's offense. Um, but you know, you go through here and, and, you know, you have them projected like this and, and, and with the sort of bump that I'm giving them versus Michigan. And I just, I think nine's too high. I got the under for this team. I mean, they've, they've got some, they've got, you know, they, they, they miss USC. Um, so that helps, but, you know, they, they're not an overwhelming favorite in a, in a lot of these games here. Uh, and, and like, you know, and I think one of the, the stories, I mean, this, this Washington team doesn't project to be a lot worse than many of the teams since that playoff team. But the difference is, is the PAC 12 is, is, has improved a little bit underneath them. And so a lot of these games where I think if you're a Washington fan, you're used to being able to say like, Oh yeah, we'll win that game. Right. Like, I, they're they're not as much as a gimme because some of the you know the Pac-12, which has been on a, a bit of a bender <laughs> since about 2014, <laughs> um, you know there, there's a little bit more of a middle class in the Pac-12 right now with teams like UCLA, and it's really the South that has has started to improve a bit. But UCLA and Arizona State aren't sort of like you know they they don't project to be sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for like they don't have multiple personality disorder where you don't know who's going to show up. Um, you know, Oregon state's improved. Like we've talked about a bit, um, Colorado's improved. I mean, there, there's not as many gimmies on the schedule. No, no. I mean, Montana state definitely is one, even like, look, Washington is going to beat Arkansas state at home. They, I mean, but Arkansas state has like a pretty solid quarterback. Um, that's that PFF had ranked as like the top 15 or something like that. Um, they have some decent players that had been brought in by Utah State's the now Utah State head coach. That was like a pretty decent program. So that's an interesting game. I mean, they're going to win that. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. When we were going through, um, like, kind of my my win probabilities and all these, none of them are 0.9 or 0.8. I think mean, I think the the Apple Cup I have at 0.8. Um, but after that, it's like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7. They're, these are all games that they should win, but I don't think they're going to win all of them because I don't think all the pieces are there right now. And I think that's an, like, I hate, I always hate comparing Oregon and Washington together, but they're the two premier programs in the Pac-12 North. And one of them I think is just at a higher trajectory right now. And that's Oregon. When I take a look at Oregon's yeah. schedule, it's like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7. When I look at Washington's schedule, it's like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6. Like that, that's the difference between one or two wins and losses. And I, I bet the under, I actually had, I had this at eight and I went and bet this and I actually took a little bit of water on it too. I think it was like, you know, minus 115 or something to take the under. But I just, you know, even though it looks like an easy schedule, I mean, ASU is good. Um, Oregon is good. Now ASU might be a mess, you know, by the end of the year. So that's the one benefit that Washington has going for them. But they have to go to Colorado. They have Oregon. They have to go to Stanford. Um, I don't know. I just I, I just feel like it's going to be a tough a tough sled to get to nine. And if they get there, God bless them. That, they, they really earned it. Yeah, I mean, even even Arkansas State. I mean, Arkansas State might show up with the best coaching staff in that game. I mean, Butch Davis got got some guys <laughs> to come to that job with him off of. I mean, his uh, his stint at Alabama, right? Like, there's they've got a pretty good coaching staff at Arkansas State. So, I just I I'm not a I like I think the offense would have to take a substantial step forward um, for them to be able to get to nine wins. And I mean, look, nine's doable. Like you get yeah. lucky in one of these games and, you know, uh, cash in on some turnovers and you're walking away with nine, but it's really hard for me to see this team get to 10. 
Yeah, that'd be a uh, hell of a year. I mean, they beat Oregon, yeah. they get to nine, right? So just go beat Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it's yeah. it's those those games where it's man, it's going to be close. Like so, I have I actually have that Stanford game. It's at Stanford. I know this sounds stupid, but this is just based on history. Like I have that as a coin flip game. <laughs> I just I just do. They like I think Washington has a Stanford problem, and I think it's going to be a tough it's going to be tough sledding um, in Palo Alto. Like I I think that's one of those games. I think they'll win it. Um, so uh, you know I wouldn't actually bet that Stanford would win this game, but if that spreads seven, I'm taking the seven. Like I'm taking those points, and I think Stanford's going to keep it close. So I just there, there's some of these struggle games that are that are all over you know kind of planted on their schedule that that could be problems. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, Washington fans themselves would be the first to say, like, "Oh God, Stanford." You know? Yeah, and it's on the road. It's on the road. So, yeah. I mean, Stanford beat beat your program while they were practicing from a public park in Seattle. Like now they have they're rested and they their quarterback might be a mess and their defense is terrible. But um, I don't know for whatever reason Stanford's had Washington's number. Man, if if Washington can just beat Stanford. And just get that monkey off their back. I'd be, I would be really excited for that program because I know it's like, it's just that bugaboo, and each team has one, especially when they're good. Um, they tend to have that one program that just figures it out. Like I think Pitt, uh, who was, oh no, no, uh, uh, like the the Steelers always lost to the Raiders for like years and years and years and years, and then finally like they kind of broke through. So hopefully this is that year where Washington breaks through. And so just to recap so far, Rob, we both have the under for Oregon State and Washington and the over for Oregon. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Let's move to Washington we State. Haven't, we haven't really disagreed yet. I know. Well, this is, it might be this one here. Uh, Washington State, the season win total is six. And I put that in exclamation points, and I said, get it. <laughs> That's what I put next to it. I don't see a scenario where Washington State wins six games. What do you think? We're not disagreeing, and so Baderank. I mean, it's close. I mean, Baderank's right on the money, close again with this this six number. It's got them at you know five point nine four uh, overall when you count in the FCS game. But man, I just, I mean, this offense. You just need to. I need to see a lot more of this team to buy it, and I don't think Dickert's going to have the defense there this season. Um, I mean, sure, Utah State's been a basket case. You know, everybody, everybody gets the rug pulled out from under him by Gary Anderson. But, you know, I, I think, you know, Washington State's likely going to pull out the win there. But after that, you know, like, you know, I, I think they're perhaps a little over projected. We've got them at 38. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that they're going to be overwhelming underdog to USC underdog to Utah right now, all these games project to be kind of close. Um, but I just, I don't see it. I mean, I, I, I think I can't see this team getting to seven is, is more to the point. Like I really struggle to see seven on the schedule. It's, it's rough. I mean, you get, so I'll give them Arizona, I give them Utah state and Portland state. That's three. Now, now you have USC at Utah at Cal. We'll give them Oregon state. That's four, you know, uh, Stanford, we'll give let's give them that. That's five. Then they got to beat BYU at ASU at Oregon at Washington. Good luck. <laughs> like even if they beat even if they beat BYU, that's six. I just I, yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a world where they win six games. Maybe they do. I mean, maybe Delore is awesome and the offense gets going, but I, I just think it's an it's a system that is going to take time to integrate. And you're right. I think the defense is still going to be a mess, even though they have an upgraded defensive coordinator. I don't think they got a lot of talent influx 
from the transfer portal and, and you have like the vaccines like it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a circus there right now like every tweet i see about washington state is about whether rolovich is going to take the vaccine or not rather than like hey let's focus on how good Jaden delora is going to be and i mean it's just it's a distraction and there was a distraction last year when you know he talked to a couple players about like you're either in or you're not um and, and so i i don't know what the culture is right now at washington state but I would, if I were a betting man, I would bet that it's not in like the, the, it's not in the shape that Rolovich would have wanted it uh, before we had an international pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the defense, but you know, yes, they should be a lot more acclimated to the run and shoot. I mean, uh, we've made this point ad nauseum, the run and shoot and the air raid are very much not the same offenses. Um, but while I think the players may be more ready to run that scheme, whether those players fit that scheme as well, I'm less convinced on, I guess you could say. Let's take a moment for questions. If anybody has questions and while we do that, let's take a break. All right, we're back. One of the weirdest season win totals, I think just because it's good. Rob is Cal Vegas has a season win total set at six and a half. When I did all my like adding up of all the probability that I guesstimated, I had him at six point one. My gut says six, but I can see I can totally see a scenario where Cal wins seven games. Um, I don't know if they can win eight, but when I go through the schedule here, it's kind of fascinating. They have that Nevada game against a really good quarterback. They have a game on the road at TCU, and then they have a layup with Sacramento State. Uh, what does Baderink say about those first two uh, non-conference games? Well, it's interesting. I mean, Beta Ranks got them projected at exactly seven when you add in the FCS game. It does have them as a substantial favorite, 83% win probability against Nevada. Uh, TCU, underdog. And then you get into like the meat of the Pac 12 schedule, and, and they're, you know, they're not a, they, you, the, the tough part, of course, is you don't get them as a substantial favorite in any game, um, really, you know, outside of that uh, Nevada game against their FCS opponent. But and, and until you get to Arizona, but all the rest of the games project to be really close. And you do have instances where I think they will be a bigger favorite than even the model projects, say, against Washington State. You know, I think you have a sh- I, I think they have a shot to be a bigger favorite than seven or than, you know, basically seven points against Colorado. Uh, you know, they should be close to a touchdown against Oregon State, you know, close to a touchdown, I would think, again, against Stanford. Um, and then the rest of the games, you look through them, they're going to have a shot in all of them, right? I mean, to, to, to be able to win. No, that, that's true. Actually, you've talked me into this a little bit more because I was a little bit more down on Cal. By the way, if you are listening on Twitter Spaces, you could tell uh, the quality microphone that I have because you could probably hear all my kids running around on the phone microphone, but not necessarily on the podcast one. Uh, so technology is a good thing. But you're right. You take a look at Nevada, um, Sacramento State. You know, but the, the one thing to though to get to seven, they're really going to have to win all of the games that are coin flips, right? So you you got to win Colorado, Oregon State. Okay, let's let's move. Let's work backwards here. We have Arizona as a win, Sacramento State as a win. What are the other I mean, give, th- gimmies here? I mean, I think Nevada's. I mean, look, Nevada's defense is still god awful. The offense certainly took a step forward last year, but you know, Baderang's got them projected as an eleven and a half point favorite in that game. Um, and I think that's fair. I mean, like this Nevada team doesn't run the ball well. They're basically running the air raid. I think that matches up well to what yeah, Cal does well, which tends to be the pass defense. You know, I'm interested. We don't, we, st- I feel like we still don't know what this offense is going to be with Musgrave, but it should be an improvement. You hope, 
over what they were doing. But I mean, like, if you go through this, I mean, you know, TCU, they've got a, you know, they're a five point underdog, Washington, five point underdog, Oregon, seven point underdog, you know, USC, two point underdog. I mean, and then, you know, the rest of the games, they're just going to be a slight favorite. I mean, like, so they're basically a big favorite and, you know, a pretty substantial favorite in three games, you know, and then the remaining, you know, nine games project to be pretty close to toss ups and they only need to, you know, to get to seven, they only need to win half the toss ups. I think you've talked me into this. Um, I think, I think it's doable for them. I mean, like the key for them, oddly enough, is you beat, you beat Nevada and I, I think they can get to seven. Yeah. However, they drop yeah. that game to Nevada, and then it's not doable. But I think that I think they beat Nevada. Well, one, two, okay. So, so let's say I'll give them Sacramento State, Washington State, Colorado, Oregon State. That's four. Arizona's five. Ooh, Stanford six, and Nevada would get you to seven. You got to walk that whole line. Right, but there's a bunch of other games that they're not far off on. Six and a half. That's a great line. I mean, Vegas nailed it on that one. I mean, I I put I literally put right next to this. Leave it alone. But my gut said I, I'm going to still I'm going to still go under personally. Um, but I'm not going to. Like I'm going it. over. Yeah, I was a little. We finally we finally disagree. <laughs> there we go, Cal. Cal is always uh, the the team that we tend to either get fans that aren't happy with S- us about send, or <laughs> or just send in the compliments to me cal fans <laughs> i'm on your side <laughs> all right last one here stanford i love this i love this so much uh the total is four and i think that's freaking bonkers um i understand rob that the the defense is bad totally get that i think the offense is going to be good and if you have a good offense and you have a week-ish schedule here I I think they're going to win five games and they're it's you know I don't think it's going to be that hard. I think it's going to be hard for them to win six, but I think they're at very least they're going to win four games and we get my money back. I took the over. This is the biggest bet I made. Ooh, man. Okay, so <laughs> Bader Inc has them projected at 3.92 wins overall. There's no FCS game to throw in. Um so you got Kansas State, they're a slight underdog to K-State. Seven point underdog USC. I mean, they're a substantial favorite against Vandy, but uh, on the on the on the road, yeah, you know, in the West End, <laughs> yeah, at, at eight o'clock in the morning. By the way, I think I think it's like an eight o'clock, you know, Pacific time Ooh, game. That's brutal. So it's. I mean, take, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Vandy in the points on that, but I I think Stanford's gonna win. If, if if any Stanford fans are going to that game, hit me up and I will give you places to eat around Vanderbilt. Yeah, but I mean, like. I just, I just, I have a heart like UCLA should, I mean, like, I just, I, I think the defense real, I just, I don't think they're coming back. Like, I mean, even if they do rebound, I mean, rebound to what, like even a couple of years ago, they were still a very bad power five defense. Um, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think the, uh, I think what they've done in reinventing this offense with Pritchard is really good. Um, but I do think that they potentially have some losses among skill position players that you know might be tough to replace. I mean, I I, lo- I love the running back recruiting. I just don't love the offensive line coaching. And there's te- I mean, like man, like I do, go no, down I do think this, they replaced like, their offensive line coach though. I think that was one of the like them and USC. They? I'm I have to go back and double check, but I'm fairly certain that they replaced the offensive line coach. Maybe I'm just projecting USC's finally like the decision that took like six years. To yeah, make. then they went hired. They went and hired some guy from like like 
like from an air raid, yeah. <laughs> like some some like like not like an NFL backup like assistant offensive line coach. Nope, they. No, am I wrong? Hired, yeah, the the, wanna... the bill the Bills assistant line coach. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Okay, well that's all right. You can you can talk me into this getting a little better then, <laughs> but not a lot. Um, I mean the recruiting still there. I just think the defense has been so bad. Uh, and I think you might have some growing pains in the passing game. Cause I mean, look, I mean, go through the schedule, like the, the part where it's like really going to pick up again after they beat Vanderbilt, you've got UCLA. I, I, I think the Bruins are a solid touchdown favorite in that game. Oregon, two touchdowns, Arizona state. Uh, I think 10 points is fair. Unless the, I mean the wild card here actually with this, this schedule is where's ASU in the middle of the year. You know, like, I know, I mean, cause like, I mean, if ASU lives up to what we have and we haven't projected at 14, um, if they live up to it, you know, I, uh, I think even if they're, you know, even, even with a little bit of, you know, basket case stuff with the coaching staff, I, you know, I think that there's still probably a touchdown favorite. Um, but the games they, I mean, there's just a lot of games that Stanford has to win to get to five, right? Like you probably have to beat K-State. You got to beat Washington state. You got to beat Oregon state. You got to beat Cal. And then who you got to beat? You got to beat UCLA. Not Vandy. You got Vandy. Oh yeah. And Vandy. I mean, was I get you to five though? So, That's five. So I, I have, I mean, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of gotta on that, right? Like a teams <laughs> that are like really like toss ups and there's not a lot of other games on there where you're like, Oh, like some of these start to get close. Like Notre Dame by the time the end of the year rolls around, like we have Notre Dame projected at 23 I think they finished the year stronger than that. They're just replacing a lot. Yeah. So I, I have I have them winning Vandy, Washington State, Oregon State, and then and then Pixie Ducks, like the underpants gnomes that are just like yeah, profit. <laughs> like they're gonna win two. They're gonna win two somewhere. I don't know which ones they are. If it could be UCLA, it could be Cal, it could be um uh it could be Kansas State. Um, you know, I just feel like if they win two of those, then, then I'm good. But, but to your point, right. They got to win at Washington state. Although I don't think it's that, that's that intimidating for Stanford. Um, and then at Oregon state where I think they're going to be able to move the ball. Yeah. Maybe this shouldn't have been my, <laughs> I think it's bad looking, looking at this, but I saw four and I'm like, they're going to do it. They, they got this. I, I, I trust them. Well, they're a little bit like USC and like, you know, the recruiting still been pretty good, right? Like you can talk yourself into the talent level and the offense. And then you could sort of like, if you squint, you feel like maybe the defense won't be so horrible, but I just feel like the last couple of years, I mean, like, man, like everybody puts up points on Stanford. Yeah. I mean, that, that was also the, the mentality I had was this is going to be a shootout. Like they're going to get in some shootouts and they're just going to win like a game or two from that uh, against a team that is comparably talented um, and maybe better or poorly, more poorly coached. But just, I just think you're going to be, they're going to be able to, their offense is going to be fine. Um, And they're going to be able to put up points. And I, I hope that they get to five, but that's kind of the the approach I took for good or for worse. Um, So you're, you're going to go, are you going over? Are you going under four is low? Um, I I know, but I'm going to go under. Okay. So, I mean, if I got to pick, I got. I mean, Beta Rank. I I think. I mean, it's got them projected at forty nine. Um, you could argue that maybe they're a little higher, but I I hard pressed to see Stanford getting above thirty five. Um, and then it's. I mean, it's still hard for me to see them getting to five wins. Like, I, it's it's easier for me to see three 
with the defense just totally bottoming out and they're struggling a little bit to integrate new players on the offense. But how many times have we said, oh, this is the year where they bottom out? They just haven't done it. Um, no, had- it's, but it's been a great, it's still been a, like, it's still been, the trend has still been there. Like they haven't hit the cliff, but they continue to go in the one direction. <laughs> it's like that, that gif of, um, oh, never mind. I was saying that curve your enthusiasm, but, um, where Michael Sarah just like slowly falls down, like on the carpet that that's kind of Stanford football the last couple of years, but, um, okay. All right. Well, we'll we disagree on Stanford. We disagree on Cal. And then I think we agree on everything. Did we disagree on anything? In the Pac-12 South? No. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if we did in the South at all, actually. Like it was it seemed pretty straightforward, I guess. Maybe UCLA. Because I, I had the UCLA yeah, under probably. and I had the I had the Colorado over. I wasn't certain if you had the over on them or not. I think I probably did not have the over on them. Yeah, I'll go back and take a look at that. Okay. Um all right, Rob, let's let's talk let's talk actual football. <laughs> Which is crazy. We have a week zero yep. game this week. You uh UCLA has Hawaii at home and we had marked this and again shout out to all of our friends at uh, the the Gojo Bruin uh, folks that had <laughs> talked to the What's Bruin podcast that mentioned that we basically said every UCLA game was a trap game this year but it kind of is it kind of is they have lots of landmines <laughs> and uh, it started with Hawaii right they have a Todd Graham coach team uh, they do have them at home but man they have that LSU offense and that LSU team coming up the next week and I was listening to, I really like the cover three podcast with like uh, Bud Elliott and Chip Patterson. And, you know, they, they were talking about this as a game where you might have a really vanilla play sheet. Um, if you're UCLA, I mean, that doesn't mean that they're going to lose the game, but they might go real milk toast in this game. And so do you know what the Vegas, the Vegas uh, line is on this? I actually have to check it out right now. It's it's 17 circa <laughs> opened it at 17. Oh man, I'm going to kind of want to now. What what was Hawaii? What has Hawaii been the last couple of years here? So Hawaii uh, finished last season at 88 overall. Um, UCLA was at 20. Um, defensively, uh, the Rainbow Warriors were at 80 overall. A um, little better at drive efficiency, controlling long drives. Um, really struggled on a containing explosive drives, 89 overall there. 107 in negative drives, not really forcing enough three and outs, not forcing enough turnovers. Uh, pretty big run pass split, 47 against the pass, 99 against the rush. A little bit of reverse of where you want to be against the Bruins. I mean, they were at 19 on offense last season, number six in effective rush, number 52 in effective pass. You know, pretty good. I mean, pretty good at running the football. I mean, I, I really do feel like that even if even if UCLA comes out with a really vanilla call sheet in this game, you know, like the, you know, barring some slippery fingers from Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think UCLA is able to run the ball pretty well in this game. I think, yeah, I think they'll be able to move the ball. And you had mentioned that Hawaii's run offense was pretty solid. I mean, their, their, their run defense is pretty good. Or I mean, their run defense is bad. Their pass defense is pretty good. Um, their offense graded out at 76 last year. Uh, you know, really struggled to put up big plays. Number 93 in explosive drives, better at drive efficiency, putting together long drives, but no big run pass split from them. 68 in effective rush, 69 in effective pass. They're not running the, uh, the run and shoot. They are running Todd, the Todd Graham version of the rich rod offense. So, I mean, with the, the one that Todd Graham's mostly running his time, I believe, you know, and UCLA's defense took a big step forward last season. Number 48 overall, they were, I mean, what's interesting and, and we've talked about this, right? I mean, they had a decent run pass, but they were at 39 in effective rush, 
70 and effective pass lose really their best player along the defensive line to the NFL. But I, I do think that they have a shot to improve. I like Norwood, the guy they brought in from Navy uh, to coach the defensive backs. Uh, I, I think that they do get better, um, you know, against the pass. But I mean, I don't, I don't think that this, this Hawaii offense, you know, is, is great shakes. Um, you know, uh, they're like they're not as intimidating as they were when they were running the run and shoot. Yeah, the quarterback they have is pretty good. 62% completion rate, 2 to 1, you know, touchdown interception ratio. Um and and throughout 400 yards um last year, you know, in a shortened season. So, I'd be really curious to see I think the thing that I'm going to look for is can UCLA's run defense, which has been pretty solid the last couple of years. I mean, that's the one thing that we've said, right, Rob? Like the one thing about yep. UCLA is you can run you can uh they they're pretty good against the run. Um, interior, I mean, interior run in particular was where they were really strong a and B gap, but yeah, you know, does that hold? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what the case is there. Um, Calvin, well, Turner, a sneaky one here. I was going to say a sneaky one too, is Hawaii was one thirteen in special teams. UCLA was nine. So keep an eye on the hidden yards here. Another player to keep a lookout for Calvin Turner. Um, who's actually listed as a running back, uh, caught like, I think it was like 400 yards, uh, in like receiving, it was like 500 yards receiving and 300 yards rushing. I mean, like it looks like if they can contain one or two players, they're going to be fine. Cause I don't trust Hawaii's defense. I, if this game was in Honolulu, I'd be way more worried because for whatever reason, they just play really well there. Um, and it's a difficult place to play, um, going on the road to UCLA in week one, I'm 17's a lot, Rob. That's two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, as everyone remembers from the the Todd Graham show when he was in the Pac-12, I mean, he's a gambler. I mean, he likes to bring pressure um, defensively, and so what? Um, you know, that that can be good if you get if you get the call right. It can be bad if you don't get home. Um, I actually think UCLA's offensive line has made some strides in the last couple of years. I think Thompson Robinson might have time, and I, I do think UCLA has the athletes. To, to, to make him pay. I would expect them to have a, a, a pretty good game running the football and, and, and getting some shots into the tight end. Oh, he's going to, yeah. What uh, Dulcich, he's going to get 200 yeah. yards in this game. Like he's yeah. gonna, said 200 yards, two touchdowns. It's just whether Bittering's got it right at 17. I mean, it's not like there's like a lot of insight here. I mean, I tend to go with like 17 feels like a lot for this early in the season. It feels like a lot for UCLA that you don't have a ton of faith in you know, without any strong signal, I mean, you kind of like the under, I'm going to, I'm going to take the points. I don't like it, but I got, I got to stick by my guns to start. I, I don't trust this UCLA off uh, defense. I just, I still don't trust them. I want to see it in a real year against a real team with a real coach. And uh, I don't know if you you know, Hawaii is a real team, but their coach is real. And you know, let's see if uh, they can score. So I'll take, I'll take the 17 here and see what happens. Plus, if Chip does kind of keep things mellow yellow, like I think Graham's a smart enough coach where he's going to be able to understand, okay, you know, here are the things that they're probably going to do, uh, which probably will give like at least one explosive play up, right? Because they're going to kind of sit back and then, you know, I'm sure Chip will like let one loose, but uh, I'll take the points. I'll take the points. Um, what about you? It looks like you're going to, you're going to give them. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take Hawaii here. I just, I'll, I'll take the points. It's, it's in a game where beta rank has it right on the nose. Like it just, it, it feels like it's, you know, UCLA could, could play pretty conservatively or, um, you know, 
or Dorian Thompson Robinson could have one of his, you know, patented turnovers. Yeah. That's a lot of trust we're putting in him if you wanna if you wanna lay those seventeen points. Uh but I mean this should be a game that UCLA should win by seventeen. So if they do, awesome. Congratulations. Uh, if they don't, ooh, buddy. Um, I think. Well, I, I back that. I'm going to walk that back a little bit. If they don't cover the 17, I do like. You know, I'd like to see what the play calling is because I, I do see a scenario where Chip just kind of keeps it close to the vest, and then that's kind of where we're at. Um, okay. Well, there we are. We're we're on. Um, Rob, do you do you have anything you want to talk about? Anything else here before we sign off? No, I'm I'm just so pumped. We just previewed a football game that's taking place this week. That we is did. amazing. I know it's it's crazy. I know like it's <laughs> it's come way it's come way faster than I had anticipated. And the week zero throws me off because we're in Vegas for week one of uh, college football, and so I keep thinking that it's this week and it's not. It's the following week. So uh, it's which is good. It's more time with the family and stuff. But uh, but it's like this mental. Oh God, I got to get on a plane in four days, and that's not the case. So all right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will. Um, my gosh, we're gonna be like full steam ahead next week talking about the actual games um stay tuned for the week zero halftime show we're excited about that and we'll open it up to some of our friends where they can talk and kind of we can go back and forth about what's been going on in that game uh in the meantime have a great week and we will catch everybody soon